Hello, everyone. Welcome to a new episode of the Dear Ruby podcast, where we talk about all the personal finance stories that are happening in Canada uh, this week. Uh, we give a roundup of everything that's happened when it comes to COVID-19, how that affects your money. There are some big developments this week when it comes to uh, the the CERB uh, payment, the Canada Emergency Response Benefit. Uh, so we'll talk about that a little bit and how that will affect you. And also, you know, some uh, big companies uh, taking some liberties with uh, taking away hero pay from uh, their workers who are working on the front line saying the pandemic is no longer an issue and they don't need to be paid that extra $2 that they were giving uh, giving their frontline workers. So we'll get into that as well. Of course, uh, on our podcast, we try to cover everything that affects people's personal finances. And we also want to hear from you. Um, if you've got a question about your personal finance situation, if you've got a question about any of the federal benefits, uh, we want to hear from you. You can get uh, uh, find us at DearRuby.com, D-E-A-R-R-U-B-I.com. You can send in your question uh, via audio or you can just email us one and we'll definitely answer it on the podcast because um, it's, it's it's nice to hear specific questions about people's um, personal finance issues rather than uh, just covering the news uh, because a lot of people are reaching out and they've got specific things that they're worried about. Their EI is running out. Can they take CERB? Uh, now that CERB has been extended, what does that mean? What am I required to be doing? Uh, all those things. I wanted to bring in my co-host, Bo Humphreys. Bo, how has your week been? It's been a, an okay week. Um, yeah, what what have I been doing this week? You know, you know it's really well, Groundhog Day every day, doesn't it? It really it, it is getting that way. Uh, it's it was a hot week. You know, I definitely I've been running every couple of days, so that's good. You know, unlike um, I think it was the month of April where I did not leave the house uh, once because <laughs> it was still like snowing, right? Wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was. There was a it, April was a terrible month for weather. Yeah. yeah. So then May was a little bit better. June is, is like, well, it's summertime. It feels like summer uh, right now, uh, even though I kind of don't think about summer for real until July and August. But I guess yeah, June really is a summer month, too. And uh, what, our, our kids, uh, kids would have been, this would have been the last week of school. Or are they still doing a last week of school, like online right now? Is that what's happening? Yeah, they are doing a last week of school. I'm going tomorrow to pick up their belongings. Like my daughter has a locker, which has a couple of things in it, and okay. my son's cubby. So um, the schools, they are treating this like, the you know, end of school. Uh, they do sure. a weekly meetup on, on Google Google Meets, I guess. Yeah, Google Meet now, yeah. Yeah, so they'll do that on Wednesday. And, and then after Thursday, like we get the report cards, I believe, sometime this week. So once that report card comes, um, you know, I mean, she should, my daughter should be doing all her work, but she's, she's behind <laughs> because I'm, a te- I'm not a teacher, right? So, you know, sometimes she's or waiting for hours for yeah. me to come help her and um, I'm doing my work. And so then she gets behind and also, you know, just generally I think people are not um, functioning and being as productive as, as we were in, in, you know, obviously not as productive for her anyways. If she was in school, she'd have one-on-one help from her teacher. Um, but yeah, I mean, after this, I'm really going to treat this summer like a gift, a gift that we probably will never get again, which is I don't have to plan anything. I don't have to do obligatory visits to people. I don't have to... Um, I don't have to spend money to go on a holiday because I'm getting FOMO looking at other people's photos. I'm just going to stay home. (laughs) And, you know, like, I I just think I'm, and I'm going to try to focus on things like I'm trying to, 
uh, play music again. I'm not, I would never call myself a musician, but I've always liked oh, to play well, music. What, what are you playing? Well, I'm, I told you I took a year of banjo lessons, so I know how to... I think to, I remember that now. Yeah. yeah, so I'm doing that. And then I also got a book to learn piano because I feel like we have okay. a piano. And uh, yeah, so it, it just, I feel like having the ability to play an instrument, even even just a basic, you know, being able to read read music and play. It's just, a, it's just, it's so, um, it's such a nice thing to have, right? So when you feel stressed, I mean, you should know that because you are a musician. I'm sure you do I, play when you feel stressed. I agree. Yeah. I, I mean, I always tell people it's too, it's never too late to, to do it. Right. Cause I mean, I started playing piano when I was five right? and, uh, you know, and then I never stopped. Right. So it's definitely the 10,000 hours apply and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, I'm, well, I, I was able to, you know, in my 20s, uh, start making money from it on the side, right? But that's not necessarily, you know, uh, an important thing. If you just keep working at it, then you can then jam with people. It's a lot easier to just sort of play along with anything. And uh, it's really great when you have a, a 16-month-old son and you can just sort of, you know, I, I can just, uh, all, this, all the songs that his little devices play, mm-hmm. I can just play them on the piano. <laughs> I just like, oh, let's see if I can play that one. And I just, uh, now nah, they're all in my head, right? So I just sort of play along. And, the, you know, any of the songs that he knows, like any of the rappy songs, I can play those. And, and play, you know, playing and singing, of course, right? Mm-hmm. Singing is, is a little more universal. People can sing, you know, whatever kind of voice that they have. Playing an yeah. instrument is something that you do have to, to work at. I mean, you have to work at your voice, too. But a lot of it is just natural over time. Um, if you never spend any time with the piano, it takes a little more time to get there but it's just like anything right practice makes perfect you keep yeah yeah it doesn't have to be perfect either though right you just have to get to a point where you can enjoy yourself and, and plunk at a tune and whatever your goal is right mm-hmm. just to be able to experience music in a different way i like it yeah, good. yeah i i think it i just there's just something so nice about anyone who can play music even if you are at a birthday and they can play happy birthday on the on the on the piano yeah. or whatever it is it just i think it just creates a, another layer of 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 joy in your life when someone yeah. you know can can do that I, I bought um alfred's basic adult piano course lesson one okay yeah. okay yeah alfred's nice yeah so i bought that and so i think i'm like 10 pages and i'm not very far in but uh that's how that's how my brother sean learned to play and he plays okay. pretty well now like i mean not obviously at your level because you have you know, you've been playing since you were a, a child, but uh, you know enough but that I he did can go through the the learning too, right? Yeah, yeah. like yeah. he can he can play he can play along with songs maybe. Yeah, or, yeah. Or play chords is good because when you learn a guitar for or the banjo for that matter, actually banjo is more plucky, but a guitar you can you can strum chords like from day one, right? It's like mm-hmm. oh, here learn here's the chords for this Pink Floyd song, and now you can play it around the campfire, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's how guitars learn. Piano is not taught that way. It's harder because you have you got the ten fingers and you got a you can't really sort of strum a piano, but there is an equivalent. You can learn how to play the chords just like you can on the guitar. And I've been thinking about teaching people more in that method so that piano is not so inaccessible uh, as like picking up a guitar and oh, I want to learn my favorite song, right? Yeah, uh, it's, a, it's a different uh, sort of story. But I went through uh, you know re- like rudiments like uh, like you're going through. Right? You know, I went through the Royal Conservatory Music Program. Mm-hmm. All the way up to grade ten, practical, and that's the the last level you can go before you go to you know university, basically for it, which is the ARCT, the the teaching certificate. Mm-hmm. But if you don't want to be a music teacher, you don't go that far. So that's pretty much it. But 
Yeah, I, mean, I know my uh, my good. my very good friend is uh her. She went to grade. She got went to grade seven, I guess. Is that grade that's seven, how? Yeah. And she's a music teacher. I mean, she's one of the best yeah. musicians I know. I mean, the grade ten is incredible. I can only you don't have to, yeah, because grade like grade seven and eight are kind of they're high level. Nine and ten are supposed to be. Uh, you're on your way to teaching it just I happened to be 16 17 18 and I was just like let's do this and who knows maybe I do want to go to school for this but I, I didn't um, it's just you know it's a ch- it was just challenging so you mm-hmm. work for like a year on these classical pieces Mozart or Debussy or whatever and try and then play them for somebody in an exam and they tell you if you're doing it okay that's mm-hmm. really how it goes the practical part anyway and then you have to do some theory which is uh, harder for me but yeah, I mean, it was it, it definitely worth it for me because I was able to translate that into doing lots of things, playing in uh, you know band for weddings and playing for people wherever we go, playing every Christmas, you know, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. It's you're right, it adds value, and I'm happy to be able to do it. it. I, I think that's the best way. It adds joy and value, and that's you know, it's just it's just when you go when you go to someone's house that has no musicians and then you play, all of a sudden you've elevated that experience for everybody, right? So they it, do appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I'm sure people bug you. Play something. Play something. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm happy to. I, I I I tend to not volunteer because I don't like to impose. But if anybody asks, I'm happy to do it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I get the impression musicians are very much open to it. They just don't want to be like, "Hey, listen to this song and let me just take over that's the room." Right. Yeah. <laughs> so we should <laughs> get talking about. Always welcome. We yeah, should. we should get Talk talking about, about personal finance. <laughs> <laughs> Um, oh, the CERB. Yeah, so the CERB, uh, we talked about it a few weeks ago, that Canada Emergency Response Benefit. Uh, they, The Prime Minister at the time had indicated he will not extend it, uh, but now he's reversed that and he will be, or I shouldn't say he will, the government will be extending it uh, two more months. So the, the, the CERB, as a refresher, is uh, basically income replacement. It's an emergency benefit given to people who are out of work because of COVID-19. Um, it's $2,000 for a four-week period, and you can apply for it uh, when you need it. So you don't need to take um, all of your CERB benefit at one time. You could apply for four weeks, and then you, if you made some money, maybe you don't need it that month, and you apply again you know, another four weeks uh, later. Uh, one of the, one of the um, requirements is that you have not made any money in the last uh, 14 days, I believe, and you are allowed to make up to $1,000 a month while collecting CERB. So, Just in case you have some side income or something that comes in, you don't want to have to be like, cancel that little contract so that I can get the CERB, right? That's yeah, and there's a, lot of, there's a lot of criticism about CERB that people who should not be taking it are taking it, um, that it's um, people are just preferring to stay home and collect $2,000. For some people, it's actually more money than they make, uh, which, is, which is something that's telling, right? That, uh, yeah, that, that's actually that's more right. money than they make, yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's been extended now for two more months. But there's some, there is some uh, changes. They want the people who are taking CERB for those extended two months uh, to be looking for work uh, or to show that they are looking for work. So sort of kind of how they treated the, um, how they are treating the emergency student benefit. Yeah. And also how if you are on EI, you have to declare that you have been and are ready and able to work. Uh, so, you know, obviously responding to the fact that people are now going back into work, businesses are opening, and there are more opportunities for people to find uh, a job. So so essentially, if you are just still on a temporary layoff and, and getting the CERB, um, that's probably enough. Like your employer is still technically holding on to your job, right, for you to come back unless they said no. 
uh, you're not coming back. That should be enough proof. Like if you keep a log of, yeah, I'm just waiting for my job to start. It's just not happening yet. Right. See, I don't know. I mean, if you've been mm. furloughed, for example, yeah. um, and so you're, I, I, I can't remember exactly. I think 35 weeks in, in, in Ontario, but okay. that's a long time. Right. Yeah. And yeah. Um, so your company is saying, okay, we've shut down, but when we reopen, we'll bring you back. And yeah. so you're in this in-between period. You are allowed to find a job. But if you find a job, you may be giving up the other job. And even yeah. worse, if they terminate you in the end, you may not get termination paid because you actually went and found another job. So it does put people in a very strange situation uh, when you ask people that they have to be looking for work. Um, I think I think it'd be very hard for the government to say uh, you could work and you didn't. I mean, I don't know how they would even prove that. But the fact is that that's, that's hmm. one of the, the yeah. rules that is there. I would be like, I'm looking for work at my work when it, <laughs> when my work happens again. That's mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Because what are you like? Are you supposed to pivot before you have to? Uh, I mean, some people I would say yes. Like a lot of people's industries are, are decimated. Right. And so a lot of people have already made the determination or even the company has said, OK, we're not bringing everybody back. That that makes it easier. Right. Like, OK, we're not. Maybe I won't even get hired back. Maybe my industry doesn't even exist anymore or it's mm-hmm. going to be really diminished, like travel, for example. Mm-hmm. Uh, or even food service is a little bit different now, right? So, um, but that, that's a tough position to put people in. Uh, the student one makes sense. So in, well, it sort of makes sense in that you're supposed to be a student waiting for school to start. So looking for work makes sense. You're not, you weren't working anywhere waiting for it to start up again. So I don't know. It's, uh, they're just, uh, they keep just trying to think of different ways to do this. And, you know, somebody's had a conversation that this makes sense. <laughs> they're really, yeah, they're really focused on the wage subsidy program, which they keep telling businesses to take advantage of, which is mm-hmm. uh, 75% of uh, your workers pay up to $847 a week, which is quite significant. So someone making uh, just over $1,100 uh, could be called back to work and their employer, if they have been affected by COVID-19, their profits have been affected by COVID-19, could apply for that wage subsidy and then they could um, pay them that way. And so that person would no longer need to collect a CERB. Um, so they're, that's encouraging people to go back into work. Uh, things are getting uh, trending lower. Uh, you know, even in, in Toronto, there's, you know, there's been fewer, fewer cases. Uh, but that doesn't mean that COVID-19 has gone away. And that definitely doesn't mean that we still can't see a second wave. Um, so um, I can imagine that a lot of people don't want to go into a workplace, uh, regardless of whether they're employer is setting them up with 75% wage subsidy uh, with the federal government or not. Yeah, well, because we've heard of, of one person, say, like, you know, in South Korea, for example, one person goes from, you know, one place to the next or to, to a church or to a club, and that person then just starts it back up again. So workplaces will be like that in a way. So one person happens to be exposed. And then, of course, the, the uh, other side of that is if you find out somebody tested positive in your work environment, I believe everyone has everyone exposed has to go home uh, for two weeks. Am I wrong about that? Yeah, everybody who's been exposed has to quarantine for two weeks, and so that's very so, uh, obviously that's disruptive to people's lives. Um, all of a sudden, that bubble that you may have created with another family that's gone because you can no longer meet with them. It's just there's so many cascading effects of if well, one the person too, has to quarantine too, right? Doesn't the well the bubble would have to go get tested? Actually, wouldn't you just go get tested and then if you're okay, do you still have to quarantine for two weeks? Is that like a sort of a well? Gray sometimes area uh, right you now? get um, a false negative, so oh, you may yeah. not show you might not show symptoms right away, um, oh. and then we know that asymptomatic spread is a thing. So there's 
I mean, it's it's so it's so confusing. It's the so whole confusing. you know. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. speaking of confusing, uh, <laughs> and I wanted to talk to you a little bit about your travel woes as well, but it sounds yes. like things are um, things are a little bit better than last week. But um, people are really confused about whether we can go to the States or not, because you can fly there. Um, the, and the U.S. is less strict about Canadians coming than we are. So we can, a U.S. citizen cannot fly to Canada. Like we've closed okay. our border. The only way you can come is if, you are a Canadian citizen, permanent residence, and now they are allowing, if you have a spouse who lives in yeah. Canada and you are a U.S. citizen, you are allowed to come and meet, and, and meet with them. But then you have to guarantee you're staying here for 15 days and you have to quarantine for 14 days. So there's all yeah. these restrictions. Well, I was talking to a guest last week and her mom's in Montreal, but she lives in Florida, right? And her mom's in a, a long-term care facility. She could come and visit, but she would have to book a hotel for two weeks and then see her mom in two weeks from that yeah. day. like. Yeah. That that doesn't make a lot of sense. You're going to to visit, and you you got to disrupt your whole life. Maybe if you can work from a hotel, fine. It, there's a lot of really um, a lot of things that we have to think through when we're making these decisions. Like if uh, I mean, we're gonna talk about this in a sec. But if I did go to Italy, um, if we come back, we would all have to quarantine for two weeks, right? That just like that's the rule, right? Yeah. So yeah. That's you have to factor that into your decision, right? But yeah, going to the U.S. and coming back, so you can you can fly. We can fly there. They can't fly here, but we can fly back from there, hopefully, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> but nobody can drive across the border, right? No, nobody can just drive. Like, the only thing really uh, coming across the border is uh, uh, gross, like uh, um, goods, goods. Yeah, yeah goods and services, yeah. like not services, but goods. Yeah, so groceries and other material that comes from the states that we require to run our businesses. So. Those people are still, I don't know what how they're treated, like the drivers of the trucks. Like, do they have to yeah. stay here for 15 days? So this is why it is very That's confusing. a good question. Yeah. Yeah. Because then they obviously are not just going to come here and not touch anything and go home. Like, you've got to use the washroom. You've got to eat. You've got to meet with the people who you're dropping the stuff off at. Like, it's not like you're just in a bubble and you come back. Or are you? Are they making it that you got to you know, go there and come straight back. I, no, There's no real indication of how they're dealing with the trucks going back and forth. Well, I know um, some trucks you can sl- definitely sleep in the cab. I I forget if there's actually uh, bathrooms in some larger cabs. Um, mm-hmm. Actually, I don't know that at all. I, I know you can sleep for sure. Um, yeah, yeah. Or they could be self-contained and have contact lists, like, you know, invoice signing off on and things like that. So they, they could establish a process like that. You know, I know I know you can easily cross the border by filling out electronic paperwork because my brother-in-law, um, his company does that. But, mm-hmm. you, know, the, you know, there's so there's uh, there are things in place to enable easy transfer, um, easy, easy uh, border crossing. Uh, but, yeah, human contact, is that still necessary in some place? And, yeah, what, what rules do apply to them? If somebody has to come across in quarantine, um, if they're visiting their spouse or, or a family member, um, does that apply to workers or are they exempt for some reason? Hmm. Yeah. And um, I'm just reading now also that Canada allows Americans to enter the country on by car if they're going to Alaska. So I would assume that would be more people uh, on the Vancouver side, the West Coast. Yeah. Uh, but uh, <laughs> there's one example where the RCMP fined seven Americans who said they were driving to Alaska, but actually stopped and started taking in the sites at Banff National Park. So um, what, you know, they it's about... them? how do they know that they follow I... them? I, they must have at some <laughs> point. Tracker yeah, car. I don't know how they would how they would track them. I just hmm. uh, they they obviously people are able to enter the country, and it's you're you know if if they can find 
seven people breaking the rules, but, uh, you know, all the other people who haven't, I'm sure there's other examples of people who've just gotten away with it, saying, oh, we're oh, just yeah. driving through and they, you know, no one really follows up with them and who knows what happens to them. Um, it's So we know that the border is now closed until July, I believe, end of July. So the we're not going to be be able to go to Buffalo or anywhere else across the border until until much, much later in the summer. And well, that I, means, you know, more pressure on our economy because it's harder for us to do business when the borders close, even though they're allowing trucks and stuff to come through. Uh, we obviously lose money with tourism dollars, and that is really bad for local businesses that, you know, rely on tourists coming in and buying things like going to restaurants and buying tourist things. Um, so, it, I mean, it continues, right? So the, the, the lag in the economy continues. Well, and, and vice versa for the states. Like, uh, So I did cancel my um, my uh, trip to Long Beach at the end of September to go to mm -hmm. the financial conference. Oh, that's right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and, uh, that, you know, for various reasons, uh, a lot of uh, uh, which I'll, I'll tell you about later, uh, but the COVID is one of them. Um, mm -hmm. Do I want to be going to California even at the end of September, uh, meeting people in person at a conference, there's no value in that uh, for me right now. Uh, the value was just being able to interact with everybody in person. Mm -hmm. And now, uh, if you don't have to interact with somebody in person, um, you shouldn't, right? It's like, even mm -hmm. like until there's, uh, this is my thought, if there's, until there's a vaccine, don't interact with anyone you don't have to interact with. If you mm -hmm. can have a conversation online and it's effective, do that. There's mm -hmm. no, there's zero risk of doing that. But there's some risk of even if you both have masks on, if whatever, just being in a, a place like where you would meet somebody. So, why would you take that chance? And I mean, tell me, would you take that chance? No, I mean, I'm not traveling anywhere, um, even in Canada. There's really no reason for us to. And when I meet with people, if they're not in my bubble, we're socially distanced because um, I, you know, I like to follow the rules, and also I understand that it is for. Uh, everybody's health and safety, not just mine, right? Um, but is there, is there a situation where you feel like you're going to have to meet, or what 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 situation so far have you had to meet with somebody like not family, you know, like for business or anything like that? Um, when I went to the doctor. Okay, so that's, that's it. it. Yeah. But otherwise, you're doing all interviews and anything. Have you had to 100%. go into studios or anything since what March or when's the last time you went into a studio? Oh, March, like since yeah, middle of March, right before the pandemic. Uh, we yeah. had already sort of realized that that's where we were heading, so we kind of said a you know a long goodbye, like see ya okay. soon, yeah. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, right. But I've been doing. I mean, I have a, a two columns on CBC, uh, so I've been doing both of them from home, which is so great because yep. my income hasn't been it hasn't been interrupted. Um, I, I downloaded Audacity and um, cut my piece on that. And uh, when it comes to the live columns, meaning I speak to the host live, they're also isolated in many cases in their home. They've set up a home studio, and then I'm speaking to them from my home studio, from the same mic that we're speaking now. And yeah. that's just the way it's going to be. Sometimes it doesn't sound great, but that's just the way it's going to be for a while. Going forward, that's just how, how we are, yeah. And so, mm -hmm. um, yeah, so tra so travel is going to be cut down. I say we, you know, uh, we, we got our trip to Italy uh, flights canceled. They were just, the flights were canceled. Not, tell, we us, tell me a little bit about how that happened and how frustrating it was for you um, to get the money back for those trips. 
Yeah, so uh, there's no, there is no money back. That's kind of the uh, apparently in Canada the, there's no refund rules. I mean, I, I we don't buy refundable tickets because that costs a lot more, right? So mm-hmm. generally, you know, you buy tickets, but a pandemic should, uh, <laughs> you know, it's like it's not it's not our fault, right? We didn't cancel. We didn't cancel actually. We didn't cancel the the flights at all. They were canceled on us by the airline uh, just officially a couple of weeks ago. We figured that was going to happen. And I don't think we would have been able to go anyway. But the fact that they were canceled on us and automatically what you get uh, from, I think, the collective of, you know, Air Transat, Air Canada. There's there's a class action suit, I think, being started up uh, against a lot of these uh, airlines uh, just because they are using us as a bank. Right. So they said, here's a voucher. Uh, you know, in my case, it was about eighteen hundred bucks for both flights, uh, mm-hmm. uh, and and for we had we were going to have Henry on our a lap, and and by the time we could do again, I think he's going to have to have his own seat. Right, that's a very good point. Like you right? timed your trip so you could go when Henry was still able to fly for free, and now yeah. there's going to be an extra cost. Yeah. Well, free. Uh, there was a like a hundred dollar charge, I think, for infant on lap or something like that. They're always trying to get you, right? Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But you know, so we ha- I have these vouchers and. Um, they're good for two years. So I have some reminders that I set in my calendar just in case we can't, you know, we don't think about it. But, well, you know, really, like, um, th- like why? I, I don't understand. Did they, did they already buy all the jet fuel uh, yeah. for that plane? <laughs> did, 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 what, what, did they already spend the money? Why, why doesn't it come back to me? Yeah. That, it doesn't make any sense, right? If I put a deposit down on something for... <laughs> You know, anything, yeah, make, and hey, it doesn't happen. Make, me, get make back. me a chair, right? Yeah, and they're like, okay, great. Well, I need to be able to buy the materials. Oh, you know what? I couldn't make the chair, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm going to hold on to your deposit for two years in, until I in can make the chair share. again, yeah. Right? And I don't even have the option of saying no. And you know, I want the deposit. Uh, you know, especially because I paid in full. What is this? What mm-hmm. what am what am I experiencing here? Is mm-hmm. this like th- are we confused that airlines are not businesses? Are they not private businesses? I, I I thought that they weren't government agencies. Am I wrong? Yeah, I mean airlines have always been shady in the way that they provide uh, refunds or the way that they uh, accommodate people who had their flights canceled or delayed. It's always difficult to get money out of the airlines and we know they operate on pretty slim margins but they still make money right it's not like they're a non i mean air canada has had obviously very rocky years where they haven't been able to make much money but they still it's still a viable business they're still bringing in profits and you're right i mean the jet is sitting on the tarmac it's not using fuel they've fired all of their uh staff uh, well, not fired. They've let go. They've laid yeah. off everybody. And um, what what do they need the money for? Uh, it's the same thing with um, I bought uh, Hamilton tickets, and okay. we were supposed to go in oh, April. Really and so they sent an email offering a refund. So I'm like, yeah, of course I'm going to take a refund. And they did try to say, oh, you can get front of the line for when the tickets go back on sale, and yeah. uh, blah blah blah. But my interest was if you're going to give me better tickets. For holding yeah, on to sure. my money, then I will. That's an yeah, incentive. Give me right? a premium to take yeah. this option and make it an option. Like, uh, so I just, gonna, I feel like if this class action suit goes through, that that's gonna. I mean, we need things like this to happen to change this because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The, uh, no matter how you spin it, they are a business, right? Mm-hmm. And if you need money for something that hasn't happened yet to pay for your current business, mm-hmm. right? Then there's something wrong, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. if you're big enough that you need help. 
then don't ask for, for uh, $2,000 from me to help you. Right. We're, we're not in the world where you crowdfund somebody's troubles. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, government, that's what they're there for. Why are you going? Oh, please, please, Canadian citizens, please give us all money so we can keep our profits going. Like, that's ridiculous. Right. And so, again, I'll, I'll point to Ellen Roseman. Uh, Ellen is writing about this a lot and talking about it a lot on Twitter. So go chat with Ellen. And, and uh, she's always on top of this stuff. So. Um, you know, we got to keep this conversation going because this is ridiculous. Yeah. Airlines need an overhaul in, you know, even, even when it comes to trying to change, I I always am amazed that, you know, I can buy, uh, you know, thousands of dollars worth of furniture from a store. And if I don't like it, I can return it. Uh, but I can't buy a thousand dollar ticket and change the time from 9am to 6pm. If for some reason that timing no longer works for me, they, they seem to have this very, um, rigid system where, uh, once you pay, you can never get your money back. You have to take that flight. If you miss that flight, your money is gone. There's no change. You just they don't have yeah. any. I they don't have any flexibility for people who who like obviously we we live in the real world and things yeah, happen the, and things change. Yeah, exactly. They don't have to be pandemics even. Like yeah, just uh So moving so from that. one uh, <laughs> one industry to the next, um, grocery chains across Canada. Yes. Uh, introduced hero pay that's what they dubbed it um for their frontline workers because there was a lot of call at the the beginning of the pandemic that people who, uh, who work at grocery stores need to be compensated for the fact that they are working during Agreed. a pandemic yeah. and so to incentivize them to keep their jobs and maybe not quit and um they gave them hero pay which was two dollars extra per hour so if you look at a person who works a 10-hour shift say or an eight-hour shift which is more regular probably that's 16 dollars extra a day that they're getting right so i don't think it's going to change their lives uh but it just helps them feel better but now loblaws metro and sobeys all three of the big chains have announced that they're ending hero pay and they say things have now stabilized in our supermarkets and drugstores and extending the premium multiple times. We are confident our colleagues are operating safely and effectively in a new normal. Thank you very much, grocery store chains who make billions of dollars for letting us know that you feel that everything has been stabilized. Because when you go to a supermarket, it doesn't feel stable to me. There's a guy wiping or a lady wiping all the, all the carts. I have to wear a mask. There's plexiglass between me and the cashier. The cashier is wearing a PPE. That doesn't seem normal. So if that's all still happening, how is it now stabilized and a new normal? The job has inherently become more difficult and more uh, uh, filled with risk. And uh, like just the whole concept of we're going to give you some money for this and then take it away. You Mm -hmm. don't take things like this away unless you want to look like the devil, right? You are uh, you had the opportunity, you know, Galen Weston to uh, actually pay, agree to pay your workers a little bit more for this and maybe let it stay that way. Like, is it really going to kill the profits so much to keep this $2 increase? I, it just seems like a terrible business decision, really terrible business decision, let alone the effect on the people themselves. But, like, if they're trying to say it, it is for shareholders... Oh come on, shareholders! If you if you are a majority shareholder, you understand the value of public image uh, on the stock price more so than the actual bottom line of workers' wages. This makes no business sense to do this from a PR perspective. I don't understand from it. a PR perspective, but it makes tons of business sense from a financial for them, right? For their shareholders, for the executives. Maybe um, short term. 
Yeah. So, and I mean, and, you know, unfortunately, we don't have a ton of choice when it comes to grocery stores in this country. So it's not like we can, you know, uh, we can protest with our money because uh, if you go to No Frills, that's owned by Loblaws. If you go to Fortino's, that's owned by Loblaws. If you go to, um, if you go to, Lo- if you go, if you go to, you know, there's so many different stores that they own. No, and then if no you want to go to Metro, they're also part of it. It's just, it's just really gross. Um, and I think the, the prime minister is right. He has asked the chain executives uh, to come to a house committee, uh, to, to come to the house committee rather to testify about why they're removing this modest yes. pay because the numbers tell us that they had record sales, especially in March and April when people were really bulk buying uh, double digit profits, so much so that Sobeys has increased their dividend. So again, pandering to their shareholders and not paying attention to what's happening on the ground and what, you know, people who often work minimum wage or just a little bit above it are what they're doing, uh, how much they're putting on the line to to get their, to keep their businesses uh, running. I'd like to ask some of the majority shareholders uh, what, how they feel about a general strike in the, their industry. Because yeah. that's what this kind of thing causes. This kind of stuff is what uh, leads to disruption. Not only disruption by workers, right? Which is it seems to be very likely. Uh, I mean, this this is really stupid. Um, but also just disruption by people uh, outside looking in, seeing the opportunity to actually pay a fair wage, and maybe you can get your groceries from somewhere else. Yeah. You know, if people think these things are impossible. But this is how things change, right? You just have these monsters running these corporations, um, you know, lining their pockets. We talked about this uh, previously, but, you know, trillionaires shouldn't exist, for example, right? Yeah. Like even billionaires. Even billionaires. I mean, no one needs <laughs> right? more than a billion dollars ever. Yeah, exactly. For anything. Right. Yeah. So, so the, the, the line is here's your billion, and then anything after that, you get a nice certificate saying that you won. Yeah. You won, right? you won the game of capitalism. <laughs> yeah, that was that's what right. someone tweeted. Yeah. So, so if that's what's happening here, like, oh, it's just, haven't we, have we learned nothing? Nothing yeah. from this pandemic. It's yeah. like they're saying, "Oh, yeah, good. It's good. Now we're now we're back to normal again, right? Everyone's everyone's good. The normal that we have, where everyone's living paycheck to paycheck, not making enough to live and being at risk. Yeah, let's go back to that. That mm-hmm. makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. It's just it, they, they're not thinking. They're not thinking clearly. They're thinking with their with their dollar signs in their eyes. And it's not even that. It's just it's greed, and and uh, they're all self obsessed, right? You know, there's no so- socialism here at all. It's pure capitalism." Yeah. And that's what these companies are. They're capitalist. They want to make money. It's all about their bottom line. They did the hero pay because for a short period of time, it was a good for their PR. And now they know that the customer is not going to go away. We need to go to the grocery store. My protest is, is that I have, um, I have uh, started a vegetable garden, so nice. yeah, <laughs> that's right? my mini protest. <laughs> hey, whatever we can do, right? Let's yeah. get a chicken in the backyard, right? Anything, Let's, yeah. Whatever you can do, uh, or far, you know, local farmer's markets is a good idea. However, I'm imagining local farmer's markets aren't happening. Uh, do we know about Even that? Even if they are, you know, there's and there's been so many. That's another thing. Like if we go back to where the food actually comes from, right? There's now been uh, cases of COVID nineteen among um, migrant workers yes. who are brought in from other countries, and they're already living in pretty, pretty uh, basic situations. I don't know how else to describe it. Like they're not exactly put up in hotels and and and, and paid well. They're paid less than minimum. They come from other countries. They come and they spend 
months away from their families. And this is the food that we eat. I mean, I heard of the other day on CBC saying if you've had a cauliflower or a zucchini and any kind of vegetable in the last few months, a a hand of a migrant worker 100% touched that at some point because that's where our food comes from. So even going all the way back to the production of the food that then gets sold in these grocery stores where they can't pay their employees, I mean, the whole system needs to be um, revamped and people need to be paid fairly. Uh, Standing on your feet, uh, whether you're picking vegetables or whether you're um, uh, cashing people out is a hard job. It's a hard job. And it's hard on your body and people, you know, they need to be paid. And executives, I'm glad that the the, um, government, that, you know, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau has called the executives um, and that they're going to hear why why they did this. And in the end, we're going to hear that they did it for the shareholders, right? So that's what they're going to, that's what they're going to find out from this committee, uh, this house committee, for sure. And and then let's just, let's just hold them accountable to these actions. That's all right. I mean, let's all just keep talking about how, why does that make sense? Right. Mm -hmm, I mean, mm -hmm. why does it make sense to do that? Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, I've, I think I've probably said this before too, but you know, when I, when I was taking accounting courses, uh, accounting theory was a a good one that I took is it, it, it discussed how to discuss the value of social uh, social issues with capitalist executives, right? Because there's always a dollar value you can assign to doing good, mm-hmm. and they don't see it right away, right? Mm-hmm. But you know, you attract better people, you attract better press, more people come to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know that th- they're not thinking about this at all. You know, they're not thinking about the PR nightmare that comes from uh, uh, taking away money from from people who are still at risk. And these are the same companies that were charged with the bread-fixing scandal only a couple of years ago. They had to pay everybody $20 for charging, uh, fixing the price of bread. Um, you know, they, they're always doing something shady for their bottom line. And this feels very shady to take money away from the people who are, you know, busting their butt. And yeah. for lack of a better way of putting it, to keep that business running. Yeah, that's so true. Yeah. Um, you know... This has been uh, not a big week when it came to announcements for uh, for uh, except for the, well the CR, CERB announcement is big but there wasn't any other big announcements that were made uh, but one thing that we are becoming very aware of is that as you know as pl- places move from uh, phase one to phase two and things start to open up again is that we're now going to start hearing stories about people's anxieties about going back to work. So yes. your job may be available but are you are you mentally and physically able to do that job? Um, back in the restaurant. I mean, I don't want to go to a restaurant for any reason right now. There's no reason for us to sit on a... I don't see any value in sitting on a patio or meeting with friends just because it, now it's open. I can only imagine that if that restaurant is where you get where you are were employed before the pandemic and now is saying come back, that you may feel the same way. You're like, I don't want to be around people and get COVID-19. So um, I think that's going to have a big impact because then all of a sudden... Can you take CERB? Can you go on EI? Like all of those questions start to arise when jobs are being offered back, but people don't feel that they can go back to those jobs. And um, and mine is uh, daycare. Daycare starts uh, July 6th. And uh, and we don't have much of a choice because Kayla goes back to med school uh, mm-hmm. in the clinical setting at uh, that time. So And so if I'm going to be able to keep working, we got to do the daycare. Mm-hmm. And um, so we're going to see how that goes, right? They have really strict things going on. There's a lot of, you know, they have little tiny groups and they have this and that. And so we're just going to have to, 
we all have to step back into this new normal. I feel like we're all doing it at sort of the right time, right-ish time. Uh, and like the U.S., for example, uh, you know, uh, where they had 27,000 new cases in a day a few days ago. Mm-hmm. Um, that is crazy, right? Mm-hmm. Even in a, a large population as that. That's a lot of cases in one day uh, if you're deciding to reopen, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's not... That's not what you want at a time of, you know, phase two. Some of them are in phase three already. Mm-hmm. And uh, then, of course, giant rallies uh, in Oklahoma. And, uh, you know, and, and uh, everyone just seems to be um, reintegrating. Uh, uh, they're, tr- they're going back to, to whatever it was before, not taking the lessons learned and moving forward. So, uh, yeah, anybody who's actually paying attention and wants to take this seriously, there's going to be people who are causing more anxiety out there. And we have to worry about them, too. So mm-hmm. that's tough, right? It's like you can you can be like, okay, I'm comfortable wearing a mask and being socially distant, but if not everybody is, mm-hmm. then how do, how does that work, right? Yeah, it, there are so many layers to this pandemic. Yeah. So uh, personal finance is one obvious big one that you know people need to make money, and the money other is everything. Yeah, and the other thing I'm hoping we can discuss next week is what happens when the uh, mortgage deferrals uh, right. expire. So the six months, if you take the six-month deferral, what happens after that? Um, A lot of indication that many people will not be able to pay their mortgage because they will not be back at work. Um, Mm -hmm. And the fact that Justin, the the federal government has extended CERB, I was going to say Justin Trudeau, I keep making it sound like he's the only (laughs) one doing it, but it's the federal government, has extended CERB, indicates to me that, um, you know, there's going to be millions of Canadians still out of work. And if they're homeowners and they've deferred their mortgage, how are they going to pay that? Um, and you can't just keep deferring your mortgage. Um, you may be able to extend it. So maybe if you have 15 years left, you could go back to the bank and say, okay, extend me out to 25 years. That will lower your payments, but that's more that's more interest for the banks, more money for those big corporations. <laughs> that may be the only choice. Who knows? But yeah, also you the may choice. have to then sell your house too. There's a lot of things that might people might have to do that are going to be hard. So we'll Yeah, yeah. Goes. So I wanted to end by saying Happy Father's Day, Bo, to you, <laughs> uh, you. Baby Henry. And um, I hope you had a great Father's Day and enjoyed time with your lovely family. I did. Um, we here made homemade cards. And yes. I already bought, uh, well, the kids bought a Father's Day gift for their, their <laughs> dad. We gave it to him two weeks ago because he saw the box and he's like, what's that? And then he knew what it was. And so we just gave it to him. <laughs> so it was fine. I don't care much for gifts, but I like uh, just time. And, and then we had some breakfast and it was nice. Yeah, I, I'm the same way. I don't care. Like I, I never really give my dad a Father's Day gift. I had a big barbecue for him. So I figure that's my gift to him. Um yeah. Uh, but we wanted to get an outdoor speaker, so I bought him uh, okay. outdoor. It's basically for the family, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> call it a Father's Day gift. Yeah. Uh, enjoys it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We've been enjoying it. The music, yeah. it sounds really good. It sounds really good. Uh, so uh, on the Dear Ruby podcast, we always want to hear from our listeners. Uh, if you've got a question about personal finance, if there's something specifically that you want answered, we'll try to get those answers for you. You can find us at dearruby.com. So D-E-A-R-R-U-B-I.com. You can send an audio question or you can email us a question. You can also find us on Twitter now at Dear, uh, Dear Ruby Podcast. 
And you can tweet us if you like a question or a comment or a criticism, whatever it is that you want to say. And we'll definitely address that um, in next uh, week's podcast. We will be bringing you a podcast weekly during COVID-19, talking about all the ways the pandemic is affecting our money, affecting our ability to, to buy essential uh, items, our ability to go back to work, and um, hopefully help you navigate this really uh, unusual time in all of our lives. All right. See you next week. Yeah, Bo, thanks so much, and we'll see you next week.